Welcome to the Encore Entrepreneur Show, where we break through the online noise, trends, and all those fleeting tactics to bring you business guidance that stands the test of time, has been proven to work, and gives you real-world results so that your entrepreneurial journey is as successful as possible. We believe in building businesses from the inside out using values and validation. Learn how to put values and validation to work in your business by joining our free workshop at EncoreEmpire.com forward slash validate. I'm Deidre Harder, a CPA and business strategist. And I'm Carmen Reed Gilkison, a whole person certified coach and business strategist. We're your guides on the side and hosts of the Encore Entrepreneur Show. Let's get started. Ann Macaulay Lopez is one of our former clients, and we just can't get enough of her, so we search for ways to collaborate any chance we can. Without further ado, we'll introduce her and we'll get into the meat of the interview, which we know you'll find enlightening on so many levels. Ann Macaulay Lopez of Agency Content Writer has loved writing for as long as she can remember. When corporate America kicked her out in 2010, she decided to pursue her dream of becoming a professional writer. And since that time, she has worked with small and medium-sized businesses across the country. Her specialties include partnering with web designers and developers and writing website and blog content for marketing agencies, placement agencies, recruiters, bookkeepers, home services, financial and legal services, travel and real estate. When she isn't writing, she is exploring her new city, Charlotte, North Carolina, with her family and their dog. Welcome, Anne. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you. I always love hanging out with both of you. I know. It's so much fun. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the hot seat today, though. <laughs> it's in a good way. So yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, we want to highlight your the work that you do, and so as and as a content writer, you also specialize in the SEO aspect of it. So I know that you have an SEO three-step process, or you say that it is a three-step process. Can you tell us about why you focus on SEO, why it's important, and kind of what that process is? I would love to. SEO is search engine optimization, and that is how Google finds us, how Google finds our websites. For a long time, my website was simply like a resume. You know, it was a, people could go to the website and say, yeah, this is a legitimate business, but it really wasn't driving any leads. During the pandemic, uh, I reached out to different people and I was really reaching out to people who I knew had their own network of people to stay in contact and there wasn't a ton of work happening for me. One of the people I came across led me to an SEO coach, Meg Casebolt, who I think you know, love at first search. And I've gone through Meg's program. What I realized was I knew, really knew more about search engine optimization than I thought, <laughs> which was fun to find out. But also it taught me that there are certain ways we can write and uh, include keywords in our content and 
create content that speaks to our target audience and we can be strategic about that. So I set out then post, you know, the lockdown part of the pandemic and redid my website, agencycontentwriter.com. I found a website partner and she does not offer content to her clients. So we partnered up and I said, Hey, what's this maintenance program you have? She taught me about her maintenance program for websites and about the importance of technical SEO on the back end. So that's really the first step of the process is um, making sure that all the bells and whistles on the back end of a website are working, not just that it's a pretty website. Pretty websites are great, but Google doesn't rate you on beauty, unfortunately, on your website. <laughs> it's on Instagram out there. But yeah. it does rate you on things like the speed of your website and if you have certain coding in the background and stuff. So I started there. The second piece was then to implement what I learned from Meg, which is keyword research, finding out, you know, looking at the analytics for my own website to say, okay, how are people finding my website and writing to them using those keywords along with doing some research. And then the third piece is doing uh, writing strategic content. So for me, it's about, there's an article exactly about this question on my website and, uh, and other, other information, you know, people kept asking me, what's my process? So I said, okay, let's write an article about that. Cause that's a most asked question. So that's strategic. I can share that on social media and email that article to people so that they know what my process is. I don't have to keep explaining it just as an example. So yes, the three parts are technical SEO, which is the back end of your website, uh, keyword research. And then third is creating strategic content. Encore Empire was made by women like you for women like you. Online business owners in the 40 plus crowd ready to put their expertise to work for them and create the freedom and impact they know is waiting for them. Encore Empire is the place where women who believe that entrepreneurship is the most exhilarating and satisfying way to reach financial security and freedom, translate their experience into impact and income while making a difference in the world and leaving a legacy. It's where these women get the support they need to grow and scale. We bring together our backgrounds in business with the financial savvy of a CPA and the insights of a certified online business manager and a whole person coach to totally transform online businesses and the lives of the women who run them. We call this the Encore Advantage. Learn how we can help you by going to EncoreEmpire.com forward slash success. That is fantastic, Anne. And, you know, you said a couple of things in there that Carmen and I know are really, really important. You talk about the strategic part of content writing. And I think that a lot of times we get so involved in content that we we just kind of dive in, right? And we start talking about, you know, what's top of mind, uh, what we know about, but really there has to be this strategy behind it because it can suck up a whole lot of your time. Have you experienced that with yourself or any of the clients that you work with? Yes. And yes. When I first started, my website was really, um, Hey, I know how to write. 
So it was kind of a mishmash. We broke it out. I remember years ago, we broke it out. I had a business blog and a personal blog and that helped. And as SEO updated and Google kind of changed the rules about how they found websites, it became more important to really stick to a plan. So I dig in and uh, one of the places I like to find keywords on Google is just put in something generic like uh, the value of SEO or something like that, like super generic. And then if you scroll down, Google will show what, how do they say it? People also ask and it will give you other questions that are typically more detailed. So you can actually kind of refine what you're doing on there. And that's really what I did. I used some other websites like Keywords Everywhere and Uber Suggest to find keywords, but really honing in on what do I want to be known for and how do I want people to find my website? And I've gotten visits from it and I've actually gotten clients from it. So I think it's, and it's, it's cost me less time doing it that way. I get excited for other topics too. I think all of us do like, oh my gosh, you know, what to say to a client when they say this, well, that's not exactly going to attract new clients. It's fun to write and get it out of my brain but my website is probably not the platform for that. And I think that's probably the case for a lot of us. We can write that. We can still write that content or we can just kind of put it on a list and table it for somewhere else in some other time. That's a good point. One thing I wanted to ask about the writing process and SEO that I know was a stumbling block for me in the beginning. And I guess, how do you handle this? But when we, when you are learning SEO, and I was in the same program with Meg, I don't know if we were in there at the same time, but yeah, Meg's awesome. But um, keywords, so keyword research, and then there's the whole danger of keyword stuffing. So for me, and, and maybe not even stuffing, but you find these keywords that people are searching for. And then it always seemed to take me off of what my article was going to be in some other direction. How do you handle that? Oh, it's a great question. I think I can tell you what I do. And I think it may be the opposite of what other people do. <laughs> so what I do is, is I find those, I identify those keywords. I include it in places like the title and may do, may do an actual outline or just kind of scope it out. You know, which three questions am I going to answer? within this one top about this one topic sort of a thing. And then I write about every hundred words, 200 words, you should use a keyword. It is sometimes with certain terms, it is challenging to not overuse it. So that's where I find my challenges. Okay. How else can I say this? Or how can I restructure this sentence? What I'm, what I hear from other folks and I've heard in other workshops, including Meg's is, write the article with that keyword in mind. And then when you're editing, go back and do a kind of a replace. But to your point, Carmen, what happens if you get off track? For me, it's, it's always keeping the, the big question that we're answering in that particular article top of mind as I'm writing. And sadly, sometimes it means some of that content has to go to the cutting room floor and it makes me really sad <laughs> as you might imagine as a writer, but it helps really refine your writing and your writing process. So maybe it's not so much, maybe it's the process or maybe it is the keyword isn't quite the right fit for what you're trying to say. Like if you have an idea in mind, maybe it's a different keyword. 
Yeah, that is, that is great. And I love how you talk us through, you know, there's, we think that there's one way to do something, right? And we mm -hmm. see people doing it. And we're like, Oh, that must be the way it has to be done. But as long as you and that's why carbon and I love strategy so much, because there are different ways to do things as long as you know what the end result is that you want and what you're trying to accomplish and what is the intention of what it is that you're doing what it is that you're writing then we can build a strategy that gets us there you know there are usually more than one way to get to the end result that we want it's true it's true the other thing too is i keep a running list of topics or keywords that I stumble over. So I actually have them queued up in a Google Drive folder, literally with a document for to write the blog open and say, here's where I found this idea. Here's my note about it. I do it for my clients also when I when I come across, you know, I'm you're researching for one topic and you come across something else. And that really helps keep that bank of topics going. So I might do it that way. Other folks probably lay out, and I think you you both do this right for encore is a um like a content map yeah is that yeah we do it based on our content pillars though so there is some strategy behind there we know what our audience mm -hmm. is interested in and then we use those pillars to then create the content map yeah which is great i'm a little bit jealous that you're that organized i am not <laughs> for my clients yes for me well <laughs> That's okay. And you know, that, that old saying about the, the cobbler's kids always have holes in their shoes. You know, <laughs> it's so true. And I always, I change that around to the, uh, the CPA is always filing a tax extension. <laughs> so yes, yeah, it's, the, it's the same concept. Okay. So an, another thing, Anne, is we want to give our listeners some some tips and some things they can take away and they can implement to help them in their content writing. What would you say would be your number one tip for new business owners and those who already are not, you know, knee deep into the SEO strategy? It would be to write down the questions you're asked the most and listen to what people are asking you about your business. That's where we would start. And we would um, strategically place keywords, but really the ultimate goal, not everything has to be SEO keyworded up. Like Meg will tell you that too. It can be simply for education or a testimonial. We don't have to include keywords. I think by answering uh, the most asked questions, or teaching people what you want them to know about your business, it's really going to take some of the stress off. Like when you go networking or have a meeting with a prospect, say, hey, I've got an article about that on my website. Or, hey, I'll send it to you instead of having to write this long email. Like, what are those long emails you're always sending? Let's write about that. So mine was, what is your process? Over and over and over. And I was like, I have to write about this. And so I was able to throw in some key words, but I really think that's where you start. And then from there, you um then you'd start doing that uh, deeper dive into keyword research and i mean we can go all the way for certain industries you know it makes sense to hire somebody who understands google ads and google keywords and paying for keywords and all of that i don't i stay in the middle right where we're strategic we're using keywords we're educating the audience and that's really for small to medium-sized businesses that paid stuff is for like 
I, I used to live in Phoenix, Arizona, and everybody has a pool. So pool service, anybody in the pool service or landscaping, because we have landscape year round in Arizona, in Phoenix area, Arizona. So in those instances, for those industries, for example, we'd want to do some of that paid marketing, but it doesn't really make sense. And I'm a little bit off topic and I do apologize, but that's kind of where it goes is answer those immediate questions first and get that really out of your head and out of your out of your process, really, so that you can just say, oh, I'll grab this and I'll email it to so-and-so I met in a networking event or that I just had coffee with and wanted to know what my process is with my clients or whatever it is, the answer to this question. What's the difference between term and whole life insurance? You know, something like that. But that would be the first thing in terms of content. I was reading through the questions and I thought it was it was more, as I was prepping for today and I was thinking it was more for just general entrepreneurs and I would say for that, definitely, I and this may be the name of my book for freelancers is Network Your Butt Off. And the other thing is follow up on your leads. I think that's a big problem. I have people send me messages and I send messages back and they never follow up with me. And I'm like, oh my God, that's Entrepreneur 101 because you never know who knows someone. You know, I might not be your client, but somebody else somebody I know might need what you do. Yeah, that's such a good reminder. And you're, you are so good at networking and following up. That's for sure. And that has, I mean, that's how you get your business, basically. I mean, of course, through mm -hmm. SEO and everything else. But and I do think uh, you went, you talked a little bit about the paid ads. And yeah, we weren't going to go there necessarily. But I think it's great that you threw that in there. Because I think a lot of businesses, and especially new business owners, you know, you hear about paid ads, and you think, well, and, and maybe we're told, you know, based mm -hmm. on whatever article or, or ad you're reading, that that's the way to get a bunch of clients. But honestly, that is for after you've got everything on the back end streamlined and you can bring people in in a strategic way. Again, strategy comes in. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm nodding my head a lot. You can't see me, but yes. Yeah. And that's really, that's where I think it is. It's like we answer those first questions and then we can go to the SEO research like I do. And then we can go, I mean, I can call my Google guy and say, Hey, I've got somebody who's now ready for this. And that's after like, we've exhausted video and audio, like all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unless you're in an industry that's super competitive, like pool service in Phoenix. Well, yeah. then <laughs> my work is not going to do much, but the Google ads person. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. So now, you know, you, you've been in business for a while and what would you say if you could have done something differently when you started your business, what would that be looking back now? Well, looking back, I would have, there's a couple things. One is to create content before I launch a website. That's always been my Achilles heel is that I don't do, you know, I don't write 10 posts to launch my website. I've never done it. And it really puts me behind and I don't like it. I'm working on a project right now for a client. And she's like, I need 10 articles to launch this site. That's where I want to be. That's really what I want to do. So I wish I had done that. The other thing is some folks, and I don't know if both of you, I think Deidre, I've heard your story for sure is you have a full-time job and you run your side business. And in some ways I feel like maybe that's the route I should have gone because I had, I had no network. I had come out of corporate America. I didn't know business people. So that's why I say network your butt off because I didn't 
know anyone in business, but I wanted clients that were business owners. So it was this weird, I don't, uh, honestly, some days I look back and I don't know how it all worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do as I say, don't do as I did, do as I say. (laughs) Well, you've done great. You've built an excellent business. And can you tell people why it's so important to have like, maybe it doesn't have to be 10 articles, but I've heard like, you know, five or something when you're going to launch a new website or you're launching something new, that's for, that's for Google search juice, right? I call it Google juice. Google juice. Yeah. The Google love. It is, it is. It gives you more content. The other thing is that then the following, when we're talking about doing it strategically, we start with five topics. And then every time you write that keyword blogging for business, you link it back to that article you've already written. So you can already start interlinking on your website and Google loves when we do that. It's also um, a new page. When you add another blog post, you're already starting with say a 10 page website versus five pages, you know, home about services, that sort of a thing. Yeah. Well, that is such great advice. And thank you so much. And um, yeah, that, um, that point you made about starting your business, you know, while you still are working full time, it's a, you know, it is a good strategy. And it is also a difficult strategy. (laughs) I can tell you that it is, um, you know, it really, it, stretches the timeline out that, you know, that's the downside and you have to sustain a a pretty packed schedule and be very disciplined with yourself to get the work on your business done if you're working full time. But then on the other side, of course, it's an income stream. And we know that having multiple income streams is really the way that you provide financial security for yourself. And so that it, can be looked at as an income stream. And so if you don't have other income streams and your job is your income stream or your profession, then that is a, that is great advice. It's like, don't, you know, don't quit your day job until you are, you know, until you have bridged the gap between that and your full-time entrepreneurship to where it's manageable. We never can close the gap a hundred percent generally, but we can, you know, get it to where you can make the leap and you're not going to fall down into the valley. Yeah. I mean, you know, corporate America provides benefits and they call them benefits for a reason. And as a freelancer, it's more expensive or maybe not possible to create a benefits package for yourself. Like you could meet your number that you were making, but not necessarily with all the bells and whistles that you get from corporate. So there's There's pros and cons. The other thing I thought of as you were talking, Deidre, is because I've networked for so long. I've been in business 12 years, and it's sometimes challenging for folks who are doing both to network. A lot of networking groups happen during the day. There are evening ones, but by evening, like those of us who are doing our business full time either aren't there (laughs) because we've done what we need to do during the day, or, or it's like our third meeting of the day, like you're not seeing us at our best or whatever. It's also hard, you know, like I don't want to be talking to folks evenings and weekends, but if that's the time that you have, then you may not be an ideal client for me or for somebody else, depending on what you're doing. You know what I mean? So that is, that's a challenge. Is it, can you overcome that? For sure. For sure. I've got a client right now. He's working a job and he calls me on his lunch hour or email me in the evening and I'll email, email him back during the day. And it works for us for what we're doing for this little project. I did the same thing is started my business 
as a side hustle. And I did exactly what you're talking about. There's network after work. I think .com is a great, well, it might only be in the Pacific Northwest, but anyway, there are networking events. You can find them on meetup.com. You can find them in local areas that are after work. And I used to do that. I would do a whole entire day at work and then drive 45 minutes into the big city, quote unquote, to (laughs) attend the networking event. And yeah, it was hard and, and weekends, and but it's just what you do to, to make it work. And so I think it doesn't really matter how you do it as long as you do it. And if you've got that passion, you're going to do it. And I was just going to say that if you're excited yeah. about it, other people will be excited and you will be able to make that 45 minute drive for sure. <laughs> That's right. And when you're talking about the fact that corporate has benefits and that you can maybe replace your salary, but not the benefits that I know is something that affected you personally. And so I wanted to ask you a little bit about your CML diagnosis. So you're, you're an absolute inspiration because of your CML diagnosis and how you've wrangled that while building your business. So will you inform the audience a little bit about what CML is and share your approach to life and business after your diagnosis? Yes, thank you so much for for bringing that up. As a business owner, I didn't have health insurance for the majority of the first six years of my business. I got married and we were actually living together for a little bit. So I was actually a domestic partner. So I was able to go back and start going back to the doctor. So that was in January. We got married in March. This is 2016. And in April, I had some blood work come back kind of weird. We weren't too worried about it. And by the end of June, beginning of July, I still, I wasn't feeling right. So I went back to my naturopath and we did some more blood work and basically the blood work came back. And 48 hours later, I was in a hematologist oncologist office. They were doing tests. And a couple days after that, I was diagnosed officially with chronic myeloid leukemia or CML. The treatment for that is to take a chemo pill every day. And I think, I think part of my, it kind of feels like a comeback. Part of my comeback was that uh, in 2021, I wrote a book about my experience. It's called, We Don't Get to Ring the Bell, My CML Story. It's available on Amazon. You just Google my name and Macaulay Lopez. It's right there. It is my story, but it's also to serve as a reference for patients and patients with CML, but I think other there's, there's golden nuggets in there for folks who have other diagnoses, we'll say. And that book was really came about one because I knew I wanted to write about it and I needed a purpose to be able to tell my story Two, I kept seeing online in CML support groups, people were asking the same questions over and over and over. And it was frustrating to me. So I can't imagine how frustrating it was for all of us. And I answered a lot of those questions in my book, not all of them. I'm not a doctor because sometimes the answer to a question in a Facebook group is ask your doctor. (laughs) So I got really good about saying that. I'm like, here's my experience. But things like, you know, we think natural supplements don't conflict with the medication we're on and they absolutely do for this medication. And this is the most important one that you can take because it's saving your life. And so anyway, so I did that. It got released last December, officially got released. And that was really kind of a restart of me 
writing and thinking about business and I was reaching back out to my network and kind of handling two projects. One was to launch the book and one was to really kind of relaunch the business. I had I had insurance, thankfully, because the cost of these meds retails at my first, it's about $10,000 a month. So it's basically a condo every year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, insert, insert markets, maybe not today's market, but back then it was. So it really made a difference to have insurance and have resources. And now Mark Cuban's cost plus pharmacy online is amazing because all my meds I take now are all generic and he has them all. My medication Gleevec is one of the ones that was mentioned on his initial press release. So instead of 10,000 or even a, a copay of 500 or $250, some folks have $4,000 monthly copays. So we take this every day. Uh, his cost for my dose is like $45 a month. Wow. That's awesome. And that's, yeah. And he, of course, right after I released the book, he released this pharmacy. So I got to redo the book, but <laughs> that's yeah. for next year, not this year. But yeah, I mean, I think how I started was really, you know, during COVID, I did this book project and I also was reaching out to my network. And just talking to them, and I picked up a couple projects here and there. I sent out greeting cards to about, I don't know, 50 people who were nearby to me. You know, like I had done business with them or hadn't seen them because of COVID and I had to be careful with my immune system. I couldn't go out. And I sent cards and I started getting messages from people. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like, I really enjoyed hearing from you. I love your new branding. I had a new website created during that time as well. And it just kind of, to me, it was, uh, I called it the I'm not dead yet card, but that's not really, I mean, it kind of was like morbidly. And I have, you know, I have a funny sense of humor and I didn't really, I didn't say that, but I was like, Hey, I'm here. I know, you know, I have a diagnosis cause you know, social media, but I also, I kept it kind of secret for a while, the diagnosis. And once I reached out and of course published a book, people are very understanding, very understanding. No one's ever said, I can't work with you because you have CML and you were too tired to finish writing this website. Like no one's ever said that. And I think that was a real fear, but it's never happened. People are very sympathetic. And I think too, post COVID, a lot of people have changed how they view certain things. I think there's more forgiveness in some ways on things like that or understanding of folks who have other health issues or ongoing health issues, chronic, I guess the word I'm looking for, chronic conditions. Yeah. Well, I think one of the, you know, you're such a great example of someone who can still run a business with a chronic health condition like that. And I know from working with us, we were able to see that there were times where you needed to step back. And so you really learn to listen to your body. And I read your book and do not have a chronic condition. And luckily I don't have a family member either. But what that book did for me was really open my eyes to what it's like. And man, the hurdles you have to overcome are huge. You know, you just never would think about it because if you don't have to deal with it, you don't think about it. So your mm -hmm. book was such a great contribution and I'm glad you're going to update it and include Mark Cuban stuff and, and, and all that in there. And, and, you know, we, one of the reasons we wanted to bring that up was to let people know that you can still be an entrepreneur. In fact, you're probably better set up to handle something like this because you're able to kind of craft your schedule around 
you know, make around how you feel. Around yeah. how you feel, yeah. I think I'm definitely, and it's a result of working with you and Deidre also, my processes are much more streamlined. I know exactly who I want to work, want to work with or talk to and exactly who I don't. So I'm not wasting time going out and networking with people that really aren't my target market. And that's huge. I, you know, I say network your butt off. I had to build a network of just business owners, but then I just did a presentation on this. Then as it went along, I was more targeted. And so now I'm invited to a networking group and I'll say, okay, who do you have that's in the marketing sphere? Sometimes they kind of think it's a big sell if I'm the first one, but I'm like, I've got a team and it's across the country. So I'm not able to bring anybody else literally into your group. I can bring my knowledge, but it's really helped me understand who, what my business is, what we offer and who, who's on my team and what can I realistically get done? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, thank you. Thank you. And I think too, is I'm healthier, like mind, body, spirit, healthier. And, you know, I laugh. I'm like, am I the healthiest of me and my siblings? I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> and I'm the one with the leukemia diagnosis. So it's interesting. It, it changes your whole mindset because you're a fighter and then you're like, oh, I can fight and I can build this business back up too. Like, wow. And there were, there were thoughts, should I have shut it down for a period of time? Like officially shut it down? Probably. I'm looking back, but I am not that person apparently. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> that's right. No, it, you know, it's so inspirational and because we all have our own CML journey. It may not be the diagnosis, mm -hmm. but we all have a journey. We all have challenges and things that come up in our lives. I mean, I, be, I became an entrepreneur because of my husband's medical journey. That's what was the impetus to start me off. Mm -hmm. And we can use all these things that come along that it can derail us or it can lift us up. And I really think that the mindset piece and what you're talking about is it's how we're choosing to view it and how, and when we are thinking, how can I use this in my favor? We will always find a way. Exactly, yes. Yeah, our mind plays, our mind can play tricks on us. But if we if we set our mind to it, you can you can be successful. And and I think it's even you know oh I've got you know my husband's having really bad allergies today. You know like that's going to set you back a little bit. So how do you what do you do with your time and when do you work? And you know I used to be up at five thirty and get going. And when my body doesn't want to get up, I'm like, well I guess I'm not getting up yet. <laughs> you know, and it's just. Yeah. Like what do you, what can you overcome? And everybody has a different journey to your point. Yeah. All of us do. That's right. That's right. And so I would love for you to let people know how they can get in touch with you. And I will definitely put the link to your book. Uh, I'll also put the link to um, Meg Casebolt down in, in the show notes, but also how can they get in touch with you, Anne? Sure. My website, thank you. My website is agencycontentwriter.com. And there's actually a schedule with me button and you can schedule a call right through there. Or if you wanted to email me directly, it's Anne, A-N-N-E, at Agency Content Writer, or on Instagram as Agency Content Writer, or on LinkedIn as me. 
<laughs> you all will right. do the drill to go to the website and you can find everything on there. That's right. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking your time and sharing your story. It is such a great one. And you've given so many good nuggets about the importance of SEO and about the ability to overcome challenges. I, we really celebrate you and we're going to have to come up with another way to collaborate because as you know, <laughs> we can't get enough. <laughs> oh, I'm preparing a few presentations. Maybe I'll uh, shoot you over some ideas. <laughs> there you go. Sounds good. I really appreciate both of you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. This was fun. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Encore Entrepreneur. Can you do us a favor? It will help us if you would please subscribe to the show, leave a review, and share it with your friends. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you the real talk about how to be successful without compromising your values, and we need your help to spread the word.